coming up. I've been thinking about all this, these moves that the Timberwolves have been doing so far this offseason. And also with the Jazz, you know, the whole Rudy Gobert trade. And then now the rumors that Donovan Mitchell will get traded to the Knicks. Not too sure if I want that to happen. But I'm going to get into it. But first, a word from my sponsor. Okay, so as we all know, Rudy Gobert has been traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And we all know the whole Rudy Gobert situation in Utah. It was rumored that he supposedly went to front office and he told them, did you trade me? Or Donovan Mitchell. And, well, Utah decided to try to trade Gobert. So, the trade is Rudy Gobert for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Bomaro, Walker Kessler, who was the 22nd pick of the 22 draft, um, Jared Vanderbilt, a 2023 first round pick, a 2025 first round pick. 2026 pick swap, 2027 first round pick, and 2029 first round pick. So, let me just say, you Minnesota just gave up a bunch of their picks and basically their future for Rudy Gobert, and I get it. I get the whole, let's go in and let's trade our future for this defensive player, perennial defensive player of the year. I get it. I totally understand. And, you know, Shaq said the team looks good, that they won't lose to anybody in the seven-game series. I'm not too sure about that. And, listen, we can go through all the analytics of Rudy Gobert with his defensive win shares and you know his plus minuses all those things because that's basically what really drives the whole Rudy Gobert legacy I want to say and yes he's a great shot blocker he's a great rebounder but my main concern is when teams start to match up hunt and get him on the perimeter to guarding these these wings and these perimeter players and these guards who's quick and has handle and able to break you down one-on-one, will Rudy Gobert be able to stay in front of them? And that's basically what has been Utah's Achilles heel and Gobert's Achilles heel these past playoffs because you know, you can hunt Gobert on the perimeter on a pick and roll, and then you're going to switch it, and then, you know, that guard is going to get past them. And honestly, the same thing with Carl Anthony Towns. 
I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is. He's. It's been well documented that he is a bad defender, and yes, he probably has made strides on that end of the floor. But I don't think he's mobile enough to stay in front of these perimeter players as well. So you having Cat and Gobert out there who are big liabilities on defense when it comes to pick and roll switching and staying in front of your man on the perimeter, it's going to be hard. I mean, I'm not sure how it's going to look and what, what kind of defense they're going to run the next season. With, with those two together, I'm, I want, I do want to see it because, honestly, it, it's it's a, it's a thing where I I see what they're trying to do. I think they're trying to go for the whole Boston type of defense where they decided to go big with Al Horford and Robert Williams. And, you know, they have Tice off the bench. And, but the thing is about that, those players are mobile and active enough to stay in front of the players who play on the perimeter. And Horford's a really good defender, especially for his age. He's able to, you know, stay in front of most perimeter players. Not all of them, but most of them. And then the thing with Robert Williams, like, he's... So athletic, even if he's getting blown past, he has the athleticism to recover quickly and get a block shot or at least, you know, contest it to a great extent. So I'm not sure how that's going to play a factor in how Minnesota is going to do things because D'Angelo Russell is not the greatest defender. Anthony Edwards, he's okay. And whoever they decide to go at the three, I mean, the McDaniels kid, he's a decent defender. He has some size. Maybe he'll be their defensive backbone. But uh, a you know, front court of Gobert and Cat, I'm not sure how that's going to look defensively. Offensively, it's going to, I think it's going to be really good because Cat and Gobert is like complete polar opposites when it comes to offense. Cat likes to play on the perimeter and, you know, don't pump fakes. He's not much of a post guy. You know, he likes to, you know, get the ball on the perimeter, shoot a three or throw a pump fake, drive to the basket. Doesn't really post up as much. And Gobert is, like, almost non-existent unless it's a pick and roll or a putback or a lob on offense. So I think it's going to work out because the spacing – but defensively, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm, I want to see how it goes. But I don't, I'm, I'm not agreeing with Shaq when it comes to that whole on, like, the whole this team is not going to lose a seven-game series to anybody. Like, I, I'm not sold on that. Like, listen, these, these seven-footers get run off the floor, okay? Where teams decide to go small and... You're playing five, five out against a team that doesn't have the personnel to do to play defense against that. Like, like ideally, Boston against Golden State, when Golden State was running five out a good amount of times, but Draymond at center, and you know, like 
that was basically where they were at their best. So what what is Minnesota going to do when teams decide to throw out those type of lineups? We gotta see. We're gonna see what happens because I'm not sold on it. I'm 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 not a huge Rudy Gobert fan. I'm not. The, I'm I'm honestly not a fan of his game at all. I understand the whole analytics side of it and how. He basically is like their defensive anchor and whatnot. I mean, we can go down the numbers. We could we could look at everything. You know, he was first in rebounds this year, fourteen point seven. Uh, let's see here. He's a he fourth. He's fourth all time in blocks per game amongst active players. He was first in field goal percentage this year. You know, most of his shots are around the rim. He was fourth in win shares. He was fifth. Surprisingly, he was offensive win shares. He was fifth this year. Defensive win shares. He is. Defensive win shares, he's his third. And 16th on plus minus. Where else? Defensive plus minus. He's 14th this season. Well, this past season. All these stats from last season, of course. You know, 2021-22. He was first in total rebound percentage. He was second in defensive rating. See, run, running down the numbers, you know, the analytics, the advanced stuff, I get why they got him. And I, I understand completely what Minnesota is trying to do. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not, like, surprised by it. I just want to see how it will look on the court. Like, on paper, yes, I it looks good. Like, you know, you, you're looking at the, the roster, like, oh, wow, they got Carl Anthony Towns. They got Rudy Gobert. They got Anthony Edwards. They got D'Angelo Russell. That's a good, nice four-man lineup, you know, a good core four. But I'm not sure how it's going to look on the court. But with that being said, we're just going to see how it goes. Now, I want to get into the rumors about Donovan Mitchell going to the Knicks. Yes, I understand Knicks fans. I am a Knicks fan as well. We want we want stars. I get it. You guys want stars on your team. We don't get stars in every every big free agent or or trade rumor. It somehow circulates to oh my god, this guy's coming to the Knicks. I get it. But if you really think deeply about it. Looking at it, not from a perspective of him being a star. I'm looking at it as a, in a perspective of, will they be able to share the basketball? It's only one basketball. We, we've seen, I, personally to me, I think we've seen the best of Donovan Mitchell, and I think he's a great player. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. But I'm not sure if a perimeter of, 
Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, and R.J. Barrett is going to can can coexist because we those players all need the basketball in their hands, right? I don't really see. I haven't yet to see them play off the ball. Like Donovan Mitchell has has the ball in his hands when he was in Utah, almost every possession. And you know he shared the ball handling um, ball handling responsibilities with Mike Conley. Yes, I completely understand, you know. But at the end of the day, Donovan Mitchell was the primary ball handler on that team, and I'm not sure like how how it's going to look because RG needs the ball in his hands. Brunson, we know he needs the ball in his hands, right? And most of these, and these three players, they're, they they don't cut. They, I don't I don't see them cut without the basketball that much. I don't see them being being comfortable spotting up. That's not their type of game. These these three guys, all three of them, are players who like to have the ball in their hands and like to you know beat you off the dribble or create a shot with with a live dribble. And is while one player is doing all that, will the other two players be comfortable sitting on the corner or sitting in the wing waiting for the ball to come to them or just spotting up waiting for the opportunity? I'm not sure that that's going to work, be honest with you. Like it's That's the only thing I'm worried about, be honest with you, because... We're gonna. I'm gonna give you the usage rate for Donovan Mitchell this past season. Thirty-two point nine. Okay, so that means he was six in the league. You know who's the players in front of in front of him? Luca, Embiid, Giannis, Trey Young, John Moran. Those five players who have the ball in their hands pretty much the whole game. You know who was behind Donovan Mitchell? LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Nikola Jokic. And as we know, those players have the ball in their hands a lot as well. So if if you're telling me that we're going to bring Donovan Mitchell into this Knicks offense to be the primary ball handler, okay, I understand that. Because he is used to that. He, he He's that guy. But... Are we going to be? Are we going to not cater to Jalen Brunson, who just got a huge contract on this team, and who's probably going with the ball in his hands after the season he just had? And then R.J. Barrett, who's who's coming into his own as well, who's going to want the ball in his hands as well, who was actually twenty fourth in usage rate. I'm then I don't know what would be of Julius Randle. Are we going to trade him for Donovan Mitchell? Or are we going to trade other players? If we also keep, you know, Julius Randle, he was 28th in usage rate. So we have all these players with a high usage rate, with one basketball. I'm not sure how, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to work. Because, you know, like all these players going to want the ball in the hands. They're not great shooters. 
in any stretch of the imagination. Brunson is he's decent, about 37, 38%. RJ is up and down with his shooting at times. Donovan Mitchell as well, up and down. So it's and Tibbs is a I'm 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 a huge Tibbs fan, but he's not a coach who I would say is predicated on player and ball booming. He just likes to ride his stars and let them do their thing on offense and just let and let, you know, his star player control most of the game, which he did basically with Randall these last couple of years. So I understand as Knicks fans, we want stars. I get it. But we have to also think about the fit. We also have to think about how this is going to look on the court with spacing and ball handling responsibilities. Like I would feel more comfortable if we was we was going to either trade Randall or or RJ for Donovan Mitchell. I don't want to see RJ or Julius Randall go. I'd rather keep them. But if it comes if it's at the expense of getting Donovan Mitchell, I'll, I'll I think I'll be more comfortable with that. But that's just me, though. I mean, I'm pretty sure the majority of the Knicks fan fan base wants to see Brunson, RJ, and Donovan Mitchell play together. We can see how it goes. I'm not I'm not sold on it. I'm not a big believer in it because we have to look at it like this. Remember when LeBron and D-Wade came together? I'm not comparing, you know, these players to, like, those those stars. I'm not saying they're as good as them. But as great as those players are in LeBron and Dwayne Wade, they both had high usage rates. They both had the ball in their hands every single possession for their team. And you see how they struggled the first year to figure it out. It didn't take them to the second year to figure out how we're going to make this work. And that's two players. So imagine three players who like to have the ball in their hands. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be I, I would hope it would be fun. I would hope that it does work out. I'm not rooting against them because that's my that's my team. I want to see them play good. I want I want to see them all work out. I'm just not sure how that's going to work out. But it's been a very exciting offseason so far. Everything it seems to be getting mixed up in the league. And Let's just continue to see what's going to happen. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube. Check out the website. Check us out on TikTok, The Stopping Pop, Facebook, Instagram. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're, we're sponsored by Anchor. Thank you for listening.